Yo, it's Duck for the Cloud Chaser TV, man. We back up in this thing again, you did. Hey, man, we got a special guest on the line, man. If you can introduce yourself and let them know where you can follow, where they can follow you at, man. Oh, yes. My name is Deke Black um, from, from East Harlem in the building. Um, I got a YouTube channel called Deke Black Steve the Wolves on, on IG. I can be followed. You can follow me on Zeke Black hashtag Feed the Wolves. I'm a I'm a guy from the generation. Let's get it, baby. <laughs> yeah, dope, dope, man. Hey, man, we wanna uh definitely welcome you to our platform, and we appreciate you even coming on our platform. Uh, what we like to do at Definitely the Cloud Chaser TV, man. We like to ask questions, maybe some other podcasts made a miss, man. And with that being said. I want to take it back, man. Keep starting like uh, the 1980s, man. Keep telling who Zeke Black was. All right, definitely, definitely. I appreciate you allowing me on your platform, man. I'm always here for the history because, you know, a lot of times when the history is being put out there, it's in a negative light. And, and we just want to get people to start taking information. Everything in the 80s wasn't that bad. You know what I'm saying? So, um, well, I'm going to give it to you. I was... I was I was born in 1973. I lived in East Elmer's Queens until 1979. East Elmer's Queens was 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 the suburbs suburbs back then. There was only two Spanish families on the block. Now it's Baby Columbia. I hold that area over there. I lived on 100 Street and Northern Boulevard. From there, I moved to East Harlem, where my family, where my mother's side of the family is originally from, Tab Project. I moved to 117th Street between 1st and 2nd, and then that's when I realized what the streets in New York was like. It was a highly Italian, Puerto Rican, African-American mixed community. That's where I began to see what life was really about. Um, I can remember... Huh? I would just go, go ahead. Um, I can remember as far back as 1980, 81, there was a little drug spot in my building. Because back then, Hanron was the drug. That was the drug. Um, Angel Dutch was real big, too, back then, for the B-boys and dudes that wrote graffiti. You know, the pills of that day, at that time, was like mescalins, quaaludes. You know what I'm saying? Because we had to live at on that corner... It was a whole bunch of hustlers that would be there every day. Um, back then, cocaine was a party drug. Like, it was really a party drug. Yesterday, Rich Man High was a party drug. It was a drug that people that had money, instead of going to buy some Buddha Bless Assess, they would, they would buy a gram of cocaine. Like, just, like, just like Kevin Charles said, it was a party drug. It was still the disco era. And when the disco era, that was the, that, that was the drug for that town. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, a lot of pimps, you know, Park Avenue, L's, still had a bunch of, you know, you know that, 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 there was a lot of hookers out there when you went on the Park Avenue, L. So the, the game was still, the streets was different. And um, it, I, I really believe that that's when the streets started preparing themselves for what became the cracker. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of guys were snipping cocaine. A lot of females were snipping cocaine. Because it was the party drug. Like, you would see bad chicks come. I would see them come to the, I would watch them come to the coke spot, and how I knew it was the coke spot, because my brother worked there, actually, maybe rest in peace. He's always, like, get, like he, was, he was, like, the runner, the store runner for the guy who had the coke spot, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he'll, 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 he'll get, the, like, some snacks. He'll get to change the ice. He'll, he'll get the, the spot, everything that he needed for the day. So that's how I basically knew what was going on in this little fake pool hall that was in my building. Um, so I definitely gave you a description of before crack really hit, but New York was definitely looking like, definitely East Harlem, because we had, where I was from, we had a crew called the, the Down Boys. When I first moved in, they, they was big. They were some Wagner projects. Shout out to Chino Chan, you know what I'm saying? And um, they they stretched from Wagner, AK, to Lincoln. But you, but you also had a crew in Lincoln called the Cigar Mob. 
So basically, you had, on my side, where I lived at, there was a lot of Italian still. Because I, I come from the, the portion of Spanish Harlem I lived in was, um, you know, where you see the, the Purple Gang. I, before Purple City, you had the, the Italian clique called the Purple Gang. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the Genovese crime family and the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? They was definitely on that hundred point from 114th Street to like 120th between First and Pleasant. You know what I'm saying? Avenue. So I grew up in the midst of all that when the heroin trade was like, true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. East Harlem was looking like, like 116th and Lex was looking like 116th in Manhattan Avenue. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was just, it was more, it was, it was more Puerto Ricans on, on my side. You know what I'm saying? Um, so what you want to ask you, brother? So now, like you said, now, before we get into the, um, you just talked about like, you know, how heroin was, and you know, you was first coming around East Harlem. Now I want you to talk about. I know you, you said earlier about um, the Italians. You know, you, you being close to them as well. So, like, was it any type of mob influence in that area? Um, it was a heavy mob influence. That's why back then a lot of guys watched what they did because you know some dudes was disappearing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was it was it was it was it was the heavy mob influence. Like, you would see them. Like, you would mm -hmm. see them in front of certain pieces shops. You would see them definitely on Pleasant Avenue because there was a social club over there. Like, you felt the chills of, of, of them. But they always show love, though. They always, like, like, you know what I'm saying? We never had race riots out there. You know what I'm saying? It, was never, it wasn't like do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody got along. It was a, it was a high level of respect. Most, most of the older guys that, I grew up, that we grew up under, used to ride bikes with their kids, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you know, the bikers, the biker life, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. they were, like, most of them would all ride to, like, Andrews Alley, you know what I'm saying? Be doing anything on them bikes. So, yeah, and that was always love, but you got to see it. Like, I, like, like a lot of people may not know, um, they made a movie called The French Connection, and the drugs that popped up and popped up missing, this is the movie that they made like in the seventies, I believe. Those drugs, right? The person that was accused of get, getting caught up in that situation was the twenty third precinct on Hundred Second Street and Third Avenue. That precinct. Those right. same drugs, like I was telling you earlier, was the same drugs that they was using in American gangster when they had those dirty cops that was that was mixing the drugs up. Allegedly that was the drugs. Um to show how small the crime world is, the guy that got Frank Lucas those tickets to sit front row was an Italian guy off of, like, in real life, this, that Italian guy was off of First Avenue. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. um, that's, now, think about the movie I'm going to tell you. That was the same guy that when you watch Goodfellas, when Paulie said no talking on the phone because of the drug dealing and the drug sales, he was yeah. talking about son, that guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because Mag Marv guys got caught up in that Frank Lucas Nicky Bond stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, so, so now, you know what I'm saying? Everything, huh? Uh, so go ahead. No, 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 no. Ask me, ask me. What I was about to say is, so right now, you know, you, you gave us a um, history on that. Now, so we moving into the crack era, man, and like, like what? How did it hit? And uh, man, exactly what did it? How did it impact you, man? If you could just tell us about. Woof. Like um, well, when I moved from one seventeenth to one fourteenth Street, crack wasn't in yet. It was still cocaine. Was cocaine was a heavy party drug for the hip hop heads, older cats, younger cats. That was the drug. Um. Hanvon was still number one. When I moved to, by the time I, I built, a fire, a fire, a fire had happened in my building, and I wound up moving to a hotel on 100th Street and Broadway. And that's when I began to see, it had to be like around 83, 84. You hear me? Right. No, 83. That's a lot of people that was, I guess, sniffing coke, 
they began to smoke crack and you began to see it, the change in people, like people that were smoking that that were smoking crack, they would have no furniture in their apartment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. But it wasn't an epidemic yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But because people was, was was smoking crack in the clubs. So they was going home and still chasing it, but everybody didn't everybody everybody couldn't afford to smoke crack. So it was still like, you know what I'm saying? It was still it was still up in the air. You know what I'm saying? Like you had certain blocks that dudes had it every day, and you had certain blocks that you had to wait to Thursday to buy some crack. You know what I'm saying? This was eighty four. Eighty five is when it was whew, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So just, from that, just from 84 to huh? 85, from 84 to 85, you've seen a dramatic turn. Where dramatic change. It was it was more cocaine on the street. You could tell that it was more cocaine on the street because there was more hustlers on the street. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was crazy, man. It was it was crazy. Like, you go to your friend's house, you went to three of your friend's house, and they ain't got nothing. You had females. You had Grown men now, now because at, at now we at the point now where people aren't even smoking crack in the clubs no more. They're smoking crack in the playgrounds. You know what I'm saying? They smoking crack in the staircases. So now this 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 flow of crack, this this one with crack, is it's, it's lucrative now. You know what I'm saying? We're watching guys that were just riding bikes by past us and um. Zuzu sidekicks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you're watching guys that was walking, running around in um, Sterlings and um, Maximus, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, <laughs> they're getting that money. That crack money was crazy. You see lines, you see people, mothers and fathers on lines because to them, they were still going through the party stage, you know what I'm saying? Like, because in their brain was, crack was even looked at as bad back then, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then, it, 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 by the time it hit 86, now 86, that's when, you know, 85, come out the house. I'm really out the house now. I used to make graffiti because most dudes, most cats in the street had a trade. Some dudes was boosting, some dudes was sticking up, some dudes was selling hair on, and some dudes were graffiti. I was in the hip hop culture, so I used to write graffiti with a crew called PT One Thirty One. I got down with the crew. We young, we used to snow travel across all five brothers writing graffiti. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm Spanish, Charlie. You know what I'm saying? And we had some heavy influences in the graffiti gig. Cause I'm gonna get back into how most of the graffiti crews got caught up in the crack era. You know what I'm saying? Right. And we had some influences that was positive with the graffiti thing. Like we had the the Washington Boys. We had the Hot Post crew. We had my man Joe TDO. We had, from East Harlem, the Spanish, the, the Spanish Harlem area. We had RD357. Um, so from our hood, we had Dez, TFA, the TFA crew, my man Blake Cash, TFT. So we had Hard By, Hot Post crew. So we have, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of us. We were still kids chasing graffiti dreams. You know what I'm saying? The change is over, but we were hitting gates and walls and throwing stickers up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me stay right there, that graffiti, because I I, I want to point out something. Like, so was it any, like, was it any type of relationship with um, DJ K. Slate? Because I know during this time, he was big on graffiti. Oh, whew. That's that. Yeah, he was the king, man. He was the... He was one of our kings, man. It was like, you know, he was our king. Shout out to Dog TRC, Joey TDS, you know, Shaker 179, um, Delta, Delta, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Delta, you know what I'm saying? And for all of those, I forgot the OGs, you know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to Deep Freeze. DJ Deep Freeze is the guy that, that has Sub-Zero. He was, a, he was big in graffiti, you know what I'm saying? Him and right. Prince, East Army, um... Lady, you had a lady, you had a girl called Ladybug, no Lady Zone. She had a crew, she was down with a crew called CRT as a girl. She's a break it free. Lady Zone, CRT, OR, KR, East Harlem Riders, State Prep, you know what I'm saying? From from 1199. Um, yeah, he was the king, Des. Des TFA, he was the king. He, he took East Harlem graffiti to another level. 
know what I'm saying? There was one time when he did the Smurf Village and um the graffiti hall of fame. See that was the whole scientific logic around one oh six in Park, you know what I mean? Remember that so? Yeah. Was not just that the park the the graffiti hall of fame the graffiti hall of fame is a legal wall where you can bomb and do pieces at, you know what I'm saying? And throw ups and Bonus. K. Slay killed him, but K. Slay had some great writers that was a part of his crew, like Vulcan TFA, you know what I'm saying? And a couple other good guys, you know what I'm saying? Duster, UA, you know what I'm saying? Right. These guys is nice, you know what I'm saying? And uh, K. Slay, before he really took DJ serious, that was his thing, bro, graffiti. But he was also a Debo. Because his generation of cats was Debo cats, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They was fighters. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if Case ever smoked something, but I can tell you one thing. There's a lot of dudes who scared of him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he used to get right. busy. That, you know what I'm saying? Most of them old cats used to get busy, dogs. You know what I'm saying? So Case Slay used to get busy, man. So we looked up to Case Slay as Dez when he was Dez. You know what I'm saying? They go, you know what I'm saying? They go, yo, like, yo, Dez getting busy. Like, Dez really represented in the, in the arts. Because I ain't going to lie to you, bro. To go to some of those layups to do pieces of them chains, you had to fight different crews, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you had some crews that thought they owned the layup. So, imagine you try to go do a burner, you got to stick out with somebody. You know what I'm saying? And I'm definitely like, I just, I, I know the two and five line. I'll give you an example. There's a crew called the Morris Park Crew, Crap One. And them dudes is wicked, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when you hit those layups, you have to be on go with them because these dudes would say, they're from the Mars Park area. It's not Albanians over there. It's different. It's a different type of energy, you know what I'm saying? And Cap wasn't in care go over your pieces, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Famous graffiti writer, though. But, yeah, Des was like, whew. Des K. Slay was the king, man. That's why I salute him when he got on with the DJ, you know what I'm saying? Because... <laughs> That was dope, man. He got on with the DJ, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that, the go from graffiti, I remember when he came home, he found his lane, you know what I'm saying? There's a club called Club 105, Club Marias. He was running with DJ Dollar Bill, DJ Dollar Bill at that time. Dollar Bill was always, like, famous in East Harlem for DJing. And, you know, Case Lane, he made his connections, and I think he built a relationship with Footmaster Flex, and Flex would bring him up as a guest DJ. And boom, the rest is history. But I'm going to tell you something about Case Slay. Case Slay, when he was doing Street Sweepers, he was doing that off of 118th Street and 1st Avenue, bro. Dogs, you know what I'm saying? Right. He, he's the first person to bring T.I. to East Harlem, bro. You hear me? Yeah. He had T.I. in that apartment doing freestyles. You hear me? Any rapper that you had poops, he had him in that apartment doing freestyles. Any rapper that you heard him on street, the street, street sweepers, mixtapes, was coming going to his crib on the second floor to lay that music down. You know what I'm saying? So I want to go to show how much respect you got in the hood when you're bringing these million dollar rappers to it. Nobody's trying to rob them. You know what I'm saying? Me? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In case they don't yeah. run around with guns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, at that time he wasn't. He was just respected as handy. He was the Debo type of cat. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It still come out of him sometimes though. Shout out to Case Slade though. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my man Stace G and R. You know what I'm saying? He had another one. He was good with graffiti, but K. Slay, the goal from graffiti, bro. Yeah. The goal from graffiti, and then now look at you now. You've been a hot nine seven for like thirteen years. You done put out four albums. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Not bad for not for not bad for a guy that was beating dudes up and bombing chains. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a fact. And um. Yeah. You know, during that time, you know, we're going to go, you know, shout out uh, DJ K. Slate, man. No doubt. Um, we're going to take it, like, even him having a relationship, and we talk, he's talking about the crack era. Um, yeah. did, did you um, have any run-ins or um, see Al pour around during that time? Because I know um, yeah. um, K. Slate had a relationship. He had a relationship with him. Yeah, see, because, yeah, he grew up with him. That was a they click. K. Slate grew up with him. He grew up with Russell T. Buzzy. He grew up with, um, you know, Popo, Coco from 100th Street, between the first and second. You know, he can't stay up with it. No, I'm staying from first half. No, so he grew up with everybody, though. Dollar Bill, but he grew up with first half. You know what I'm saying? He grew up with Papa Guy from Wash. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, yeah we just see Pope. 
know what I'm saying? Poe was heavy on the bikes. You know what I'm saying? Um, he grew up with those caliber cat dudes. You know what I'm saying? You know they wasn't heavy with the with the with the drug sales. You know what I'm saying? He probably was hitting missing here and there, but they was Debo fly niggas. You know what I'm saying? Um, cause he had different crews out there back then. On first time, you had the Royal Deal family. You know what I'm saying? The Royal Deal crew, RDC. You know what I'm saying? You had, you know, rest in peace, Nelson and and and, and, and all of them on 102nd Street. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was a different temperature. So on the east side, Poe wasn't getting as much money. You know what I'm saying? But like I was saying, Poe was known like the rest of the guys on the east side for riding bikes. Like Dirt Bike James, um, my man Marcus, Mena, Minor, my man Rest in Peace Davo, my man Hakeem, you know, Poodle, you know, Rest in Peace Tone Lopez. Like, everybody used to ride bikes together, you know what I'm saying? They would ride bikes, even with, with some of the Italians, like, you know what I'm saying, they kids. They would all ride bikes together, even Winky. Winky was a partner from Rough Riders, Rest in Peace. He used to ride bikes with them. They always ride bikes on Wars Island. So you would see a bunch of dudes on dirt bikes, a hundred cats just riding through first half. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was so. Yeah. So Poe, yeah, I was Poe. You know, Poe came from a Debo generation, but Poe got respect on the East Side back. You know what I'm saying? He was getting a lot of respect. Um, I remember his sister went to school school with me, my man Wiggs, and it was dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, Poe used to come get us sometime. You know what I'm saying? From school, so it was like. When you start going to D.C., bro, poof, that's when you see the dipping Alpo. Like one time, we was in the projects in Washington, and Alpo and J.J. Jim, right about the J.J. guy. So basically, I'm gonna tell you how funny this is. J.J. Not it's the same topic though, but J.J. We should call this guy rest in peace. But J.J. Slay from around the way. You see what I'm saying? And um, K. Slay. Used to DJ with him. They had a, they had a plan. They had the Slayers movie. So I know fun. JJ dies, but look, K Slay kept the name alive. K Slay from around the way. You know what I'm saying? He basically got that from JJ. You know what I'm saying? Remember, he was dead. You know what I'm saying? But he used to DJ. He used to DJ for JJ, and he was down with that. You know, JJ used to write Zash, but JJ was getting money. And, you know, Poe used to come through, a, a, through and they would have big dice games in Washington Park a lot. You know what I'm saying? And, and it would be all love. It wouldn't be like paid it full where you throw food in somebody's face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kick mm-hmm. somebody in the mouth. Poe was, was cool, man. Yeah, he, he, like, you know, this Debo nigga, but he was humble. Laughing, joke, bug out, start snapping. And to be honest with you, a lot of his merchandise, he got, he's a gambler from gambling, bro. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Most of the cars he was getting that 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 he didn't physically buy, he was beating dudes out their cars because he's a gambler. Like him and JJ that day, they must have they must have spent like twenty thirty thousand, bro. You know hear I me? Mean? Gambling, right. dice game, bro. You know hear I me? Mean? In the middle of this, in the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> you Let's know what I'm saying? Remind the people this still is this the eighties, right? Can you give them a year? This is what what year this is? Uh, what I'm talking about now is nine two. Ninety two. Okay. Yeah, so that thing. Now I was talking about now where I was at with Alpo on the bikes. That's the eighties, right? That's like yeah. eighty, like, like like you know eighty five, eighty six, you know eighty seven. You know what I'm saying? Cause that bike right. is that bike this is, is like, around. This is around the crack era, right? This is around the crack yeah. era. This is all going on. This is when the crack yep. era is blowing up, correct? Yep, crack ever, prime time crack ever. Um. A lot of dudes was buying bikes, and that was the, and that was like part of the wave. You know what I'm saying? When you get money, and dudes are buying dirt bikes, and they all link like on the weekends, and you take a hundred dirt bikes come through first. Side, you know what I'm saying? You hear me? Yeah, so <laughs> kind of like what Meek Mill do today with the uh, dream chasers with the bikes and stuff like they be doing. Yes, yes, sir. This is the same thing, brother. It was the same thing. You do you on first side? It's like a hundred dudes on bikes. Not just blacks, but Puerto Ricans, Italians, Irish dudes on bikes. They all together, by the need bikes. You know what I'm saying? So they created like an East Harlem biker's life. You know what I'm saying? It was definitely the East Harlem biker's life. Boy, it was it was dope, man. Um, so now with the the impact, man, the impact of, you know what I'm saying, you got the people who became stars out of that era, right? Because we're about to go into the 90s. 
you know, we got people that became stars out of that era, um, got a lot of money, uh, made fortunes, right? We can oh, say, God. um, we going into the to the 90s now. We got the people with the money. We got people, you know, off the jail. You know what I mean? We we going to go to like 90, 92, 91. You know, we also got the we got the rappers that's coming yeah. around. So can you talk about it? Um now 192 um hip hop is getting more play on Kiss FM and BLS. So the transition in the music was record labels now was giving more people record deals. You know what I'm saying? And um, growing up where I grew up at, even the dudes that was getting money, see where, I, where I'm from, house music and freestyle was big. Still is, though, but it was real big. So the neighborhood I came from, even though you had the hustlers, you always had dudes that wanted to, you know, do freestyle. Or house music. So, like where I was from, um, Mark Anthony's from my hood. You know what I'm saying? He's from Metro North. Um, CKA, they're from my hood. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, K7's from my hood. Ty Bless is from my hood. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jay Quest. Like, I'm going to give a good example. All the hustlers, but then you had dudes that was transitioning to that freestyle house music, which was big. Which big at that time. Like, like if you went to a house party in East Harlem, you just you had to dance to some of that sometime. You know what I'm saying? And so the first big artist that we seen was was that freestyle and house music. You know what I'm saying? Like right. when you seen TKA, they come back off a tour. That was big, mind you. They brothers was big time drug dealers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, when K7 did his own album, Ty Bless lived, lived in my projects. To see Ty Bless go on a world tour with K7 was big. You know what I'm saying? My man Jay Quest, my main Jay Quest, which is Tony Stone's brother-in-law, which Tony Tony Stone is part of part of the original TKA. Jay Quest had a song called um, "Up and Down" on the Jason Lyric soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? They actually played the song in the movie, so the movie was a blockbuster. So millions got to hear Jay Quest. Jay Quest got an album with um. Mercury Records, which at that time had a, had, a, had a, I guess, a bigger situation with Def Jam, and he made one out. You know, someone called anything with Pudgy the Fat Bastard. You know what I'm saying? So, in the midst of dudes doing what they're doing in the street, music was, was a lot of people outlets out. You know what I'm saying? Now, a lot of rappers used to be, um, you know, wanted to be like the hustlers. You know what I'm saying? Right. They want to the live like I said that and the reason I made reference to that you know more more is because it is a um a actual you know a reference from hip hop to the crack era because a lot of the hustlers was putting on the rappers during this time and again we see fortunes made yes fortunes um only difference was a lot of dudes. They wasn't in like like they wasn't creating like in New York. There wasn't nobody that was creating record labels. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 that's what, that's where a lot of dudes slipped up in the in the era at. Um, I would say well well Fly Tide just who all stars. He created cultural records. Who went on to produce Kooji Rap and them. Crack over though, but the crack but the music was working. So the hustlers was buying all the music. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. The most independent artist there really was was the mixtape DJs, like the Kick and Please, because he got to keep 100% profit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The only other, the only person that I ever seen at that time in the crack era that was really doing it independently was your man um, from who? Luke, what's his name? Luke, Uncle Luke from um, Florida, Two Live Crew. Mm -hmm. From Two, you know what I'm saying? The guy that had that, you know what I'm saying? From God. He was real big. But you remember, he kicked off independent at first, so it was a win. You know what I'm saying? New York-wise, nobody, dudes wasn't invested into, that, into the music, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was, it's, 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 you know what it was? Nobody was taking hip-hop that serious to invest in because it was that much money on the block. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so sometimes when you had somebody invest in the rap artist, he was just buying your studio time 
just to just to look out. Where dudes wasn't looking like, yo, let's open well, the that's, well, that's a big, you know, that's a big thing because you know you got to think about it. Back then, they didn't have, you know, you could do a studio in your house, and you know what I mean. So you had to go actually and pay a lot of money to get this yes. stuff done. But you know, you did have guys who had, you know, don't get me wrong, you had guys who had studios set up in their cribs, but at the same time, it cost a lot of money, and they was charging. They was charging you. That's why. All right, we had a rap group called the Awesome Magnetic. Crack that would do this in the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? It was hot. It was hot at the time. They had a producer called Said G. Said G had equipment in his house because, you know, they, they got a record deal they was winning. And a lot of people don't know that Said G helped produce KRS One's first album, Criminal Minded. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? You know what I'm saying? Criminal Minded became a classic. South Bronx, Bridges Over. You know what I'm saying? Um, and in the rest of history. Now, the crazy part about it is, the people that, that was investing their time into the music, though, was like, um, this is crazy as it sounds, Sal, he had fever records, you know what I'm saying? Rooftop records is what, you know, spun off Teddy Riley's career, you know what I'm saying, you hear me? Right. But the guy that owned the rooftop, that was his record label, you see what I'm saying? So it was like he benefited from the crack ever because the rooftop was a hot club and Teddy Riley was producing. He produced actually Kumo D's album, first album on rooftop records, and that the rest of the system. Teddy Riley got the deal with Jive Production deal, and then he put Guy out and or Uptown. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody was really um the labels. The labels were sucking up an actual rap artist or somebody who knew dudes that knew how to rap compared to like. Me making a million dollars and going, let's buy our own equipment. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Let's get our own tour. Let's get our own van, rapid. Let's let's let's, let's do these showcases where dude what dude is doing now, dudes wasn't doing that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to get a record deal, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's that that was just everybody's logic. Like everybody wants to get signed by Sleeping Back Records. Everybody wants to get signed by Dump Jam. Everybody wants to get signed by Coachella. Like nobody thought independently. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so that's deep what you said right there. Nobody thought independently. I mean, you had white labels. You had somebody that may have ordered 100 pieces of vinyl, but you talking about crack level when dudes could have did so much investing. You know what I'm saying? And dudes just exactly. actually putting their money into trying to get a record deal with Dev Jam that had great, that had real talent. You know what I'm saying? Um, yo, so that's deep what you said right there. But the only people I've seen that really came up in East Harlem with the music other than, other than Cameron and them was freestyle artists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mark Anthony, TKA, you know what I'm saying? My man Todd Bless, Jay Quest. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's yes. what in, in, in Cameron and them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so, huh? so tell me, so tell me something. Like, so now we got the history and pretty much now people can put it in their head, the atmosphere, you know what I'm saying, what you, what you was dealing with it during that time. So can you tell us exactly what you were doing during that time? Like, uh, who was Zeke Black? How you was moving in the streets with all Ooh. that was going on? Well, when I got to the age of knowing better, um, when, I, when, I, when I took the game serious, because one time me and my man used to take packs, and I used to take the packs, and we would buy, we, we would buy spray cans. This is how much we, we was into graffiti, you know what I'm saying? And then it was like around 1990 is when I is when I decided to take the drug game serious. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And one day it was me and my friends, and we had a meeting one day, and we was discussing how we got tired of getting paid slave wages. You know what I'm saying? And as we were speaking, we was like, so how can we change us from getting paid slave wages? And I had a great idea. You know what I'm saying? I said, yo, let's just get our own work. We take four corners and let's go. And that's what we did. We went, got, we went, we got some work from Blippies on 141st in Amsterdam, came back. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Right. We put the work on the block. The guy that had the block, he just wanted to watch how, he, how, how we was hustling because his beef was, he didn't have a beef with us because we didn't use his color tops. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? He just uh-huh. was like, okay, y'all, y'all, y'all don't want to work, work for me no more. 
So I think what when when I began to become a man, when I had to make a decision of are we are we gonna shoot it out with them or we just gonna put work on the block? We put work on the block, bro. They gave us a week to go, and then nobody died. Then Friday came, and you know a couple of Jews had to fight, and we seen them the OGs, and they sat with us and said, you know what? I respect what y'all did. You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't put our colored tops on your work. And you know what I'm saying? You know, you have to do what you got to do. So I, I, I became Zeke Black. Bro, this is how I became Zeke Black. You hear me? I went from getting paid 10 cents a bottle to getting half off assignments, bro. You hear me? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I went from playing with nothing to, listen, there's a half a key right here. And Whatever you need, just come get, just take what you need. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's when I became Zeke Black. And that's when I realized that everything, I didn't have to be violent. I didn't need a gun. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? And, 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 and that's when I, you know, once, once the dude I was dealing with, he was a high-power player that was amongst other high-power players. So Zeke Black became part of like a, a union of hustlers. Even though I may not got money with a certain person, we was in that union. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of bosses hung on my block. You dig what I'm saying? Right. So even though I may not be getting money with that guy, everybody put it like Zeke's amongst them. So there's a there's a stuff in the streets, dog. You know what I'm saying? I was always a good dude. You know what I'm saying? I was always, always, always about getting money. Mind you, me and a couple of my other friends, was the only black guys amongst a bunch of Puerto Ricans getting money, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can honestly say that I had a good slot on my block without having to kill nobody. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was like I was getting a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're getting a lot of money. We, we was doing more mature things, not making people hate us. So, yeah, dog, you know what I'm saying? I've always been smart. You know what I'm saying? I've always been a good dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and like speaking on uh, moving smart. Like, uh, did you have any run in with the law during this time? Like, you know, um, oh, you talk about the, the highs. Did you have any lows? It's funny because we was um, because my block, we knew one thing: homicides, being police, bad for business. So what we did was we just wasn't killing nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We wasn't shooting out with nobody. We was never building versus building. We were always together, you know what I'm saying? So it was like there was no competition amongst us, you know what I'm saying? And right. when you keep the violence down and keep the respect on the block, nobody calls the police on you. So the only, only cops you got to deal with is TNT. So most of the time was how TNT rolled was they were raid block by block by block by block. So you would see a rush of people running all the way up. And a lot of times before TNT get, get to the block, like, don't tell us, like, yo, TNT just made it on 2nd Street. We out. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> so we would just need a block, go play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes what kept me from going to jail was I would walk outside and walk the perimeter. You know what I'm saying? Before I even hit the corner. You know what I'm saying? I walk around and make sure I don't see no, nobody sitting in police cars just looking and watching. I'm going to be honest with you. We had so, it was so, all the money in the world. We didn't have, there was not even no sticker kids coming through robbing us, bro. You hear me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how much off the radar we was to a lot of cats, bro. You hear me? But I just right. think it was the fear of the, the circle, the, the older circle that was amongst us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we violate them. We know this is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? And it all worked for the people. I started going to jail when I started going out of town to Albany. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then I went back out there because I went to Albany and I came back to the block and I went back to Albany. And that's when I started getting snatched up. You know what I'm saying? And once you start going to jail, man, this becomes a pattern. You know what I'm saying? The game changed. Times changed. And um, that's where I met um, Queen Slip's cousin, Kev Webb, because we always were on the same block in Albany. Then we got locked up at the same time. We was in the county jail together for, for like six, seven months. You know what I'm saying? Shout out free Kev Webb. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um. Yeah, so I came back, you know what I'm saying? So when, so when I come back to the project, now things is changing, the streets is changing, you know what I'm saying? 
because some things didn't happen. A couple of shootings here, a couple of shootings there. So now there's more police out now. Now police is physically watching the block. And that's what you saw. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I only caught a cell one time on my block. That, that was preventable if I just would have waited. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I can't think, you know what I'm saying? Like, I seen the police down the block, and I took the chance and walked through the middle of the project and got bagged. You know what I'm saying? And that's when I went to, you know what I'm saying, back in 1995. But now, nah, bro, it was like, it was like we was getting money. It, it, I'm going to tell you something, homie. It was like we was rapping, bro. You know what I mean? Right. You know, to make 10, 20, 30,000, allegedly, and just go to the club, chill, have a good time, come home, go shopping, buy some stuff for your crib, chill. I'm not. I'm just giving you a number, right? And have no beef with my brother, my brother. You hear me? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Have no beef. And I'm saying 2020. Give me a number of. Let's say you made ten thousand a day. That's seven days a week. Mm-hmm. That's seventy thousand a week, right? Right. But it's no clear. The money's clear. The numbers add up different. And you ain't got not one beef in the world. You understand what I'm saying? That's the type of neighborhood I grew up in on East East Harlem. Even even before Poe got locked up, he respected what was going on in the East Side. You know what I'm saying? Because our OGs wasn't with all that craziness. You know what I'm saying? So of course, when when the blocks transitioned, we moved the way the OGs moved. You know what I'm saying? And what and what kept the blocks together was it was about no outsiders. There wasn't no outside influence, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like the new guy on the block, he's from Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? That wasn't like that. So it was like we kept we kept everything in the house, you know what I'm saying? So things that are getting outside of mass wasn't getting us mad, you know what I'm saying? Because we really, like, like, like Ali knew, for me to beat you, all, the only thing I need is butter work, you know what I'm saying? Or, give, or just give a little bit more to you're a little bit more on point and you're out of here. I don't got to shoot the kid. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got to shoot you. I just join you out. You know what I'm saying? But that's how the game was, bro. It was. It was. It sounds crazy. I'm telling you this because this is New York City, right? We never had a drug war on my block, bro. You know hear I me? Mean? I never had. I never woke up in the morning and said, I'm going to war with them cats across the street. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mind you, a dude I was doing business with, this is public record, was making a million dollars a day. You know hear I me? Mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A dude I was doing business with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my man Fiend from the West Side. The, a dude I was doing business with. You know what I'm saying? Right. A dude that when I came home in, in 1996, he gave me something nice to get on my feet. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, he gets home, boom. I ain't killing nobody for him, bro. I ain't stabbing nobody for him. I ain't punching nobody in the face with him. You know what I'm saying? It was just that love that we had, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because we, because we, we all had fun. Nobody was bitten in nobody cars and all that craziness. Like you know what I'm saying. So you know it was, it was all love. Like I go see my man. Yo, what's up, bro? Boom, here, take that, go. You know what I'm saying? That, that. But I'm telling you now, it sounds unbelievable, right? <laughs> this is this is public record, man. I'm, I'm gonna text you the name to look for to look for that information. You know what I'm saying? This is all nineties, bro. Because. My boy, you know what I'm saying? That's just one person. Another person I was I was getting money with that we was dealing with business wise. It was feeding us, bro. You got eight bosses on your block. You can't lose. Am I right? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like only you can create your own demise. You know what I'm saying? Like like only you can create your own demise. And I think that. We was raised right, my generation. I'm saying on the Zeke Black chip, I was I went from being a worker to a Smith manager to a boss. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was I wasn't a killer. You know what I'm saying? I used to wait for Sweetie. I was a cool guy. I was right here and there. But once I started getting money, I knew that violence was bad for business. You know what I'm saying? So so me so what you, huh? when you, now now what you said that like you said that violence was bad for business. So now, you know, we're going to take it into 2000s, right? The early yes, 2000s, sir. you see the impact of gang culture, you know what I'm saying, in NYC. So, you know what I'm saying, how, 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 how is Z Black moving at that point? Um, 
2000, but by the time I hit 2000, I was I was Damu. I was playing the hook called One Eight Trade Donald G Gangsters. Um, on my block had a bunch of homies. It was you know what I'm my block was One Eight Trade. You know what I'm saying, um, my man, you know what I'm saying, my man, my man brought me home. But the guy that brought him home was the official cat. Remember I told you out of Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying. Um, right. You know, I could chat around us. You know, we had Killer Blood, we had the YG. You know what I'm saying? I may, we may not see eye to eye sometimes, but I can say those those who stand up, dudes. You know what I'm saying? They ain't suckers. You know what I'm saying? Um, YG, we had Villa. You know what I'm saying? We had, you know, those 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 were the dogs. You know what I'm saying? My block, my block was when they trade. Little P Diddy. You know what I'm saying? Little Diddy. Not never Little Diddy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was just, it was an influence of it, but since the person that actually brought everybody home was in the street, it wasn't a jail element. You see what I'm saying? Even though it was when he traded, the guy that actually had when he traded at the time, the people that controlled when he traded was in prison. The the maintenance of it was it was just like they ran with the street rotation. So. These guys are high positions in the hood, but still working for my man. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Right. So my man still controlled the block. Um, did I see some weird things? Yes, because I've seen other homies who come to the block and try to chastise some of the homies because they felt like, you know, the homies could be, could be doing this, be doing that, and tried to put it, you know, uh, that, that game coaching influence where, it wasn't about the money. It was about the violence. You know what I'm saying? Like, this needs to get done. That needs to get done. And and, 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 and I ain't no fun. These, 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 these guys in my block, they was pretty smart, man. They But they did they just stay away from that stuff. So what they did was they stood to their set. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I mean, they'll travel around, but they stood to their set. And they dealt with certain homies that seen the light of, yo, we're getting money. You know what I'm saying? We're getting money every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have time to be out here. Out here, I'm getting money. Then you, wanna, you know, what I'm saying, getting caught up in street politics. Um, I've seen a lot of good blocks go to shit because of this gang culture. You know what I'm saying, you know what I mean? Um, blocks that was getting money, outside influences. You know, same gang, but the same gang. You know what I'm saying? Those politics affect money, bro. You know what I mean? And that's where we at now, I believe. Those same politics is still affecting the streets, you know what I'm saying? Old animosity that, that was created through this gang culture, you know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure we see the same thing in Chicago, that gang culture, because a lot of people that control these gangs are people that don't live on your block. So they, they, right. they don't understand. You understand what I'm saying? So it might be a good, a good example. I might be second street gangsters, right? But my leader's in Attica somewhere. I'm the only one that's second street gangster. My leader gets into an argument with third street gangster in the yard. You hear me? They mm -hmm. send a hit out. Both, 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 both leaders send hits out. You see any third street gangsters, get them. Any second street gangsters, get them. So what happens is we have peace. We're getting all the money in the world. We have peace and unity. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? The G call comes down. What are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? So now you go put some work in and you go sit up in the penitentiary with the same people that put this head out on you, and then these guys have become friends again. You know what I'm saying? But it destroys the block because now it's like you're beefing over with a basketball game or the bag or, you know what I'm saying? A lot of those influences is, is, is what's tearing the block up, outside influences. You're going to have gang coaching no matter where you go, bro. You know what I mean? But it's it's just on who's controlling the game. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And we never had that in my generation. My generation was there was no outsiders controlled how we moved. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's where I, I began to realize being a part of game culture that a lot of my heads came from that, bro. Was keep it real with you was wasn't my beefs. It'd be because this homie. Had an argument with that homie in jail. He put a head out on him, or he said whatever the case may be. And now I gotta get at it when I see him, or get at somebody that deal with him. And it's like, if I, and if I don't, then I'm fooled. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Right. So it's like, damn, I got a million dollar block. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You hear me? 
but now I have to follow protocol because this is what I signed up for. So you understand what I'm saying? We have to get back to when the streets control the streets, bro. You hear me? Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Like, um, like during that time, did you know uh, a guy by the name of uh, Mel Cross? Um, I met Mel Cross in the 90s. Now, Mel Cross, when I met him, he, he was home. I wasn't home yet, but he was home already. Mel Cross, when I met him, he was going through his, the case he got locked up for, he was going through. And I met him through, you seen the, you seen the Rudy, the Rudy Lowe interview on Queen's Flip, where Rudy Lowe said about the um, Bob Brown guy up north and all that other stuff? Well, Bob Brown is a famous, you know, he's a gangster out of East Harlem, East and West Harlem, you know what I'm saying? Bob Brown, that's my man. So when I went to Taft, that's where I met Mel at. I came through Taft PJs. Mel was fucking, was doing business with these guys I know. So I remember his face, you know what I'm saying? Because that was my grand on the building. So I met him then, you know what I'm saying? I just didn't, I just never knew his name was Mel, you know what I'm saying? Years later, we bumped heads in the cell. Never remember his face. But we knew, we know some same people. So when I heard the name, I was like, oh, yeah, that's somebody I know. People know that's same people, you know what I'm saying? So when I see Mel, I said, oh, I remember you from 15th Street, you know what I'm saying? So you see what I'm saying? But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I met him probably once or twice with Bob, but... I physically got to know him when we, when we was in the cell together in like 010. Um, S block. You know what I'm saying? He always been, I mean, honestly, from his name is Mel Cross, that name always been a solid name. And to that jail system stuff, and the dudes that he was around when I met him, those were solid cats, you know what I'm saying? In the street, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody was playing with them, you know what I'm saying? Like, the dudes he was actually around that I met him with, they get a lot of respect, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, you know, with that being said, man, uh, you know, uh, Zeke Black, you know, you're on the Internet now, man. You, you know, you're Internet sensation, man. They, uh, everybody want to know your story right now. So um, how, did you, how did you get there? Like, we first seen you, um, I know I first seen you on, like, the BBN Network. How you know what I'm saying? How did how did that relationship come about? Was like that's your first um, taste of like, you know, this um internet thing or what? Right. Um it's funny you said that. Um first time on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? And the guy that runs the BBN network, I met him through business on business because I do I do business with somebody who's my partner doing moves, but my partner I do moves with also own other businesses, and I help him out with one of his businesses. And he gets trucks from the guy who actually runs the BBN network, his brother. Um, when I first met him, I was helping somebody else out. That was some task, you know what I'm saying? But, it, but that person ran trucks from his brother, and he was helping, he was working with the guy. So when I first met the BBN guy, I met him on doing the same job together. And um, we was talking, we kicked the ballistics. And I was like, oh, where do you want to? So I said, yo, well, I, I don't know how to drive. So I said, yo, I got a truck driver. I got, I, I need somebody who can drive the trucks for me. And he was like, certain people, you know what I'm saying? He was like, all right, bet. All right, I do it, not a problem. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and so when he started driving the trucks with me, he been had to be the network. You know what I'm saying? Um, we'll go live on the truck and he'll talk to sports and talk, you know, the BBN guy is highly educated, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? People go through things, but he's smart. So I, I met him legally also. So he would help me do the moves and he would show me the, the ropes, like, you know what I'm saying? Like how to do the moves and how to deal with the customers. Cause a lot of times I just move a customer. I don't say nothing. I just get him go. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. he just, he was showing me like how to interact with them. You know what I'm saying? I say the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta, you know, make sure that you take you take your time. Cause he knows about the moving stuff heavy because his family does. You know what I'm saying? They own moving companies. You know what I'm saying? 
So um, he had to be on network. And he used to always ask me like Zeke, why don't you come on my come on my show one day and talk about this old school hip hop? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we lost contact for like a year or so, two years. So one day I, I, I go online, I go, let me see what this guy's doing. And I see, I said, wait a minute, this is, this is him. And he was live one day. And I said, wow, that's deep, man. He stuck with it, you know what I'm saying? Like he really stuck with it. Like, like he said that, yo, I'm going to get on it every day, you know what I'm saying? And then he really stuck with the plan because I ain't seen him like a year and a half. And we connected again. And he he really put me on to the YouTube thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, with the interview stuff and educating me on how to make a page and, and what to say and what not to say, what to do, what not to do. Like, he really put me on to that, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? So he put me on to it because he's like, yo, you got stuff you can talk about. Like, you know, that old school stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people want to hear that, you know what I'm saying? That people just hear, you know, the rich poor, the rest in peace and, you know, the Fritz rest in peace stories, but they never hear about where you from. But it's interesting because it all came, it coincided with the hip-hop culture, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? It definitely, it definitely coincides with the hip-hop culture. So so how do you, how so do you navigate, how do you navigate, you know what I'm saying, like with this, man? How do you navigate and what exactly you got planned, like, um... You know, you got a uh, podcast. You know, I see you be doing the podcast. You got the uh, Feed the Wolves. You know, so you tell them about it and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My whole, my overall goal is, I want, I want, I want, I want to. I'd rather send them. I'm trying. I'm, I want to send positive messages. I want to put things in people's heads that you can't become somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm somebody that, you know, I came off from jail in 2011. I've been free ever since. You know what I'm saying? I haven't flipped the bricks since I've been home. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that's a win for me. And I just try to inspire people that there's more to life than the small box that some of us live in. You know what I'm saying? Let's stop thinking about what we can't do and just do it. Because a lot of times what keep us stalemated is we always think what we can't do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have never thought I'd be doing the podcast. But I plan to get the studio and get the cameras and, you know what I'm saying? And interview people that's made it out the streets in a positive light. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I got mad friends that was getting hundreds of thousands of dollars that now own stores. You know what I mean? Right. That, 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 that got good jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, that transitioned out the streets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that with, definitely with, should be highlighted, man. That's what I like about your channel, man. You definitely should highlight that, that, man. Because, you know what I'm saying? I think because a lot of us didn't have these beefs. And, and and we got to enjoy like 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 you know what I'm saying to see a bunch of hustlers playing on the same football team on the Saturday, that's deep, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, so a lot a lot a lot of times that kept that kept the peace with, with, with the blocks. Like we all get along with each other. See that angles that promise that the DDK crew with the Hilltop crew with the TWBs with the PT131 with the Hilltop cats. We all on the all on the corner on the Friday night. We laughing and joking and nothing crazy happening. Those, those is like five different blocks, as just said, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Sugar Hill Cats. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it was. It was really love, bro. So that's why. I, that's why I think that it wasn't. We wasn't. Once we found a, a way to get out, like you know what, the game is over. It was easy for us because a lot of us didn't have these beefs in the street. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Most of our beasts, most of us. That that join these games, that's the beast we got. Joining these, these these situations, I don't have no crack of a beast, bro. You know what I mean? That sounds crazy, right? Right. But I just told you, I don't have crack of a beast. All my beasts come from this game culture. You know what I mean? But that's what I signed up for. So that's what comes with it. But you understand what I'm saying? Out of all the crack I sold in the world, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't got no beef because I know once you train how to get money and not have beef out of sight, out of mind, you get money. Um, and that's what I want the people to do, man. I want people to realize that in life, man. You can be anything you want to be, you know what I'm saying? Don't think what you can't do, man. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes you have to apply yourself, you know what I'm saying? You have to, if you don't got your GED, take the time to go get your GED, you know what I'm saying? If you want to, if you need an associate degree to become a, a RN or whatever, and you ain't got a record, go do it. 
know what I'm saying? You ain't got to be a lady to, to become a registered nurse. You can be a man, too. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? If, if you if, if you could become a CNA, then why not become an RN? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like me. I'm trying to show people. After my daughter gets all her financial aid and stuff like that, right, I'm paying the back end. That means my daughter doesn't have to pay a loan. That means when it's all said and done after four years, I'm going to pay $12,000 for her education. The win with that is my daughter's going to come out of college debt-free when it comes to her loan. You know what I mean? How many people could come out of college loan free? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So now she has one up on society. Uh, I don't own no college loans. So now I can move on and do whatever I want to do. I'm not saying that she's going to mess with credit cards or stuff like that, but I'm going to be on her back with that. You know what I'm saying? Like I told her, it defeats the purpose of me paying for your college loan if you want to destroy all your other credit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we have to be we have, we have to be smart here. You know what I'm saying? So that's my goal. So I believe when I told somebody else that, I believe they go, wow, maybe I should try that. Yeah, you, 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 you're allowed to pay. Listen, you're allowed to pay the rest of the rest of my, after her financial aid and all that other stuff that they get, my daughter's back, she has, they wanted to take her a loan for $3,500. Do you, now, do you, now, you know, $12,000 when you pay cash, it's a whole lot cheaper than taking out a loan for $12,000. dollars twelve thousand dollars turns into $25,000, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> With interest and whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just try to tell people that, that, that we, have to, we have to start thinking on a financial basis, you know what I'm saying? At a certain age, there's more things that we should be concerned about. Our health, I believe, as, as older we get, let's make sure we have Medic Medicare. Let's make sure we have health insurance, you know what I'm saying? Because we're only getting older now, bro, you know what I mean? Right. You know what I'm saying? My pops buried himself, bro. The only thing I had to do was put $1,000. It wasn't even $1,000, like $800. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's it. Everything else is paid for the flowers, the casket, <laughs> the, 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 the church. He even got a, a, a headstone on his joint. You know what I'm saying? That's just, wow. being, that's just preparing for your future, dog. Remember, when you're in the streets, you live day to day. You don't think about the future. You know what I'm saying? Depends on what type of lifestyle you're with. You know what I'm saying? Things that we think we can't do, we can do. We just got to have these conversations, brother. You know what I'm saying? That's why. That's the message, man. That's the message, baby. You know what I'm saying? Um, I definitely appreciate you having me on, brother. You know what I'm saying? If you had a chance to chop it up, man, because one thing I come from, right, and this is what a good, a good a friend of mine said, no matter how mad you get at somebody, B, or you're upset at somebody, if they was your friend before, you don't got to, you, you ain't got to trash them, bro. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Right. You know what I'm saying? Keep it real. You know what I'm saying? Unless somebody took your mother, your father, or just something outlandish, you got to keep it real. You know what I'm saying? doesn't mean you got to be friends again, but just keep it real. You know what I'm saying? That's, right. Because that's, 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 my man says, that's the street code. You hear me? Huh? See, jail code is you're supposed to slander somebody's name. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what goes on with the slander. Because everybody's worried about character. Street code is you just got to keep it real. How did you meet such and such? Bing, bing, bing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's real. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Right. Because there's a difference between street codes and jail codes. Right now, we're just going through jail codes. And this is why we're seeing the reactions that we're seeing, and we're seeing these kids doing what the kids are doing. It's, it's simple with the street codes. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, street, street codes is like this, bro. If I rattle on you, my mother got to move. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Jail, jail coaches, man, you ain't telling on me. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? You feel me? Street codes. You, you do not try to blaze my wife. Jail coaches, we see it all the time. A lot of these beasts are over females. You hear me? You know what I'm saying? Street codes. Don't steal from me. You tie my mother up and I find you, you're out of here. Jail codes, that's real nigga shit. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Yo, I booked him for a break. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I, I, there's dudes I know that, that, that had hundreds of thousands of dollars in their house. I never thought they'd knock on their door and tie them up. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to live by the street code. The street code is when he get mad, people he's feeding on to get mad. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that no more. Everything's about who's popular and whatever culture. So, you know, 
God bless them, man. So I hope you listen to this and go, let's take it back to the street code. Ask your uncles what street code or what's jail code. They'll break it down for you, you know what I'm saying? Because they pick and choose the jail code, who's real and who's fake, bro. You can see it every day. Am I right? You know what I'm saying? So street code is, if I don't deal with you, I just don't deal with you. That's it. I ain't got to explain why you know what you did. If I rob you for 100 grams right now and you decided to answer my phone calls, I can't run around saying you acting funny. Am I right? Right. Jail code is, Matt, you need to explain to me. You need to tell me why you're not dealing with me for. It's, well, your whole logic is, I don't want to answer your phone calls. I'm going to bust you over the head. Why well, I got to explain to you why I'm not answering your phone calls or I'm not even talking to you no more. You know what I'm saying? Because you just robbed me for 100 grams, dogs. I got to tell you that. I got I to gotta be, that's called being real. Me, me putting up on you, trying to explain to you why I don't want to hurt you. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. That's that jail code. Street code you know what you did wrong. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Just be happy nobody knocking on your door. That's how the game goes. You know what I'm saying? So, I definitely appreciate you, brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt, man. Salute, man. Uh, we definitely appreciate you blessing the platform, man. If you could tell them one more time where they can follow you at, man. You definitely all like uh, the message, man. Uh, uh, y'all, man, y'all follow him. Y'all follow the podcast, man. Uh, all platforms is going to be everywhere on Spotify, on iTunes, whatever. Uh, Zeke Black, let them know where they can find you at one more time, brother. Um, definitely, uh, you'll find me on um, IG. I'm Zeke Black, hashtag Feed the Wolves. You can find me on um, YouTube, Zeke Black, hashtag Feed the Wolves. Shout out to my man, Crown TV. He be helping me out with my electronics. He did a great job on the um, AR Rap story. I, I, I salute those that, you know, shout out to N-Team Smoke. He do his thing, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody that's doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Queen's Flip. You know what I'm saying? He's doing a great job over there. And just to let you know, when you see these documentaries, hear this story, man. And the best, the best thing I can say is you see how we all starting over again, most of us. We was in a good time in our lives. If you have to start all over again, living normal, let's try to limit that. Let's, do the, let's try to do the right thing. Let's try to do the right thing. The first time. Even if you make one mistake, just live right, bro. You don't want to make five mistakes before you finally decide, let me get my life together. You know what I'm saying? So I would just say, man, focus on your life, man. Focus on yourself. Love yourself. Win. Focus on that. That, that should be the number one focus is focusing on yourself and focusing on the win. Love yourself. You know what I'm saying? When you love yourself, you make better decisions for yourself. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Just, just take care of your family. Definitely. Appreciate you, good brother. Hey, man, it's Duff for the Cloud Chaser TV, man. We back up in this thing again. You dig? Salute. We out.